Welcome to the Sadler Lectures podcast. Responding to popular demand, I'm converting my philosophy videos into sound files you can listen to anywhere you can take an MP3. If you like what you hear and want to support my work, go to patreon.com slash Sadler. I hope you enjoy this lecture. Nicomachean Ethics Book 3 contains a very important discussion on Aristotle's part of what we can call deliberation. And, and in that passage, he's actually using this verbal form, uh, buleustai, but in other places he talks about buleusis, the noun. What we're going to cover here is primarily just what is coming out of this Nicomachean Ethics Book 3 discussion, although there are other things that fill out the account and add to it in other sections of the work and in other works like, for example, the rhetoric. So what is deliberation? This is something that's very important to moral life and decision-making. As a matter of fact, it's not only important to moral decision-making, it's important to all decision-making because decision-making by itself typically does involve some degree or amount of deliberation. He says that it's an investigation of some sort, a uh, datasis, the word that, that he uses for, for seeking. Not every type of investigation necessarily is deliberation. Deliberation is a subclass of that. And what is it engaged with? It's essentially connected with means and ends. It's trying to determine what means ought to be chosen or judged as the right ones in relation to given ends. Aristotle says that deliberation doesn't deliberate about ends. It takes the ends as given to it, and then it works from that basis. So you could think about a person who's already got some given aim or intention in sight, and now they're trying to figure out how best to do it. So he talks about two different aspects of that here. What the means are, what are the available means to something, and this might be done through you know brainstorming, right? Or through experience that allows a person Person to know what the, the available means are and they can perceive them in the situation. And then it also goes beyond that and it says if there's more than one mean available to doing something, what are the advantages and disadvantages of these various means and ends? How can we weigh them against each other? So if you use, for example, medicine as a case that he in fact brings up. Now our medical technology and our skill are way, way developed beyond Aristotle's time. His father, by the way, was a physician and Aristotle himself knew quite a bit about medicine, but the medicine that he had at his disposal was not what we currently enjoy. There's still a lot of things that are judgment calls. There's still a lot of deliberation that has to go into that. That's why we have, in fact, medical ethicists in hospitals to help people think through these difficult things. And when doctors engage in, in treatments, it's not an automatic procedure. Otherwise, you could just use WebMD, which some people do, to screw themselves up or to get themselves very anxious, right? Now, that said, what else can we say about deliberation? Oh, there's one other thing before I, I go into this. Aristotle wants to stress, people do in fact deliberate about everything. But a lot of those things are what crazy people deliberate about. He says, we're only going to talk about the deliberation that somebody who is rational would engage in. Not just, you know, the kind of thing that's like deliberation that people do engage in, you know, thinking, should I uh, eat the moon today or should I instead be made of glass? Those are not things we really deliberate about. And if you are, well, you've got bigger problems than understanding Aristotle. <laughs> Okay, so that said, what do we deliberate about? He says we deliberate about matters that our action has some role in. 
So there's a lot of things that go into determining what happens in life. And Aristotle names off some of these things like necessity, right? We don't deliberate about things that are within the scope of necessity because there's no scope for our own action to have any impact in that case. There's also chance, things that are totally up to chance we can't deliberate about, except perhaps about what we might do in response to them. But we can't really do much with that. Things that are totally up to other people, we don't deliberate about either. Things that are not really our business, he says, you know, the, the Spartans don't deliberate about what the best form of government would be in some other place. Now you can say we do in fact do a lot of armchair generaling or stuff like that, a lot of, you know, second guessing of what people should be deciding to do. Sports is a great example of this. We watch the television and we say, he made a bad call. He should have run on fourth and one, right? To use a football metaphor. We're not really deliberating in that case because it's not up to us. We're not the ones actually engaged in that situation. I suppose if you're playing your video game and you know, you're, you're deliberating about whether to go on fourth and one and you're mulling it over, then you are actually deliberating, but you're not deliberating about a real football game. You're deliberating about something imaginary played out on a television set or a monitor or whatever. Right? So we deliberate about things that our action has some role in, something that we can actually decide. Not necessarily 100%, but we have some stake in it. Now, uh, we also deliberate only about things that are possible. And this almost goes along with saying that things that we can influence through our own action. Aristotle says, well, if we carry out a process of deliberation and we come to a point where we realize that there's an impossibility, deliberation's over. We don't deliberate anymore because we say, ah, it just can't happen. No need to think about what means will lead to that end. That end is not realizable at this point in time maybe down the line, right? Um, you know, the, the doctor at a certain point with a sick patient who is terminally ill is gonna say, oh, there's nothing I can do anymore. Nothing for me to deliberate about. You probably have some things to deliberate about, like your will and where you want your stuff to go. It's not a little morbid, but it fits into this practical reasoning, doesn't it? So it's about things that are possible. We also deliberate, Aristotle says, about matters that are not already completely determined by sciences or disciplines. If you want to deliberate over whether two plus two equals four, unless you're doing some really weird number theory that I'm not familiar with, you're probably getting way outside of what Aristotle's calling deliberation, right? We deliberate about things that haven't been completely decided by the sciences. And you know, it's interesting, when you look at expert practitioners of a particular discipline, you often find that there is still a lot of scope for deliberation in areas where most of us would assume it's pretty cut and dry. That's why we actually do oftentimes need trained experts who are good at engaging in deliberation about that particular thing. Aristotle thinks that with respect to the disciplines themselves, they have particular ends that they don't worry about whether those are good ends or not. They just consider the means to it. So medicine, health, right? You're not supposed to be killing your patients unless somehow that's going to lead to health. Maybe by some utilitarian calculation, we're killing some patients you know, helps out a greater number. But Aristotle's health itself is the end that medicine seeks. Rhetoric, you know, if you're engaging in rhetoric, its goal is either persuasion or finding the means to persuasion, depending on what definition you're going to use of the art of rhetoric. And if you're getting into a rhetoric class and you're like, I, I don't know if persuasion is a good thing or not, Aristotle would say, yeah, that's outside of the scope of our study. You know, if you get into a metaphysics class, you say, I'm not so big on knowing what being is. Again, 
not something we deliberate about. We're engaged in this inquiry. We're engaged in this discipline. We're engaged in this science. Um, same thing with ethics. Aristotle would say, you know, somebody might go along and say, I don't know, you know, vice. Maybe vice is better than virtue. And Aristotle could come up with some answers, but it's not the sort of thing we would actually deliberate about, he thinks. So what else? It's about things, he says, that don't always turn out the same way. So there's a lot of areas in our life, even in things where we have technical fields, where things don't always turn out the same way, where there's some play, where there's some scope. Again, this is where deliberation plays a very important role in how we do things. The last thing that I want to say is Aristotle says something really interesting towards the end of this discussion, where he's connecting deliberation up with what he's also termed deliberative desire or proiresis, that is moral choice. Aristotle says that these two things go together. That's why we call proiresis deliberative desire. He says there's kind of a chain of practical activities that take place. First, we deliberate about something. We have a given end in mind. We deliberate about the means. Then we engage in a act or a process of judging, literally separating things out. Krine. It's a word that we get critic from. Krites, judge. And so we first deliberate, and then after we've deliberated, or perhaps at the end point of that process, we come to a judgment. Once we've got that judgment, we then fix our desire, as he says, according to deliberation, which means what we're doing is we're choosing. So choice comes after we have deliberated. Or, you know, might say, if they're part of a continuous process where perhaps they kind of pervade each other, choice is on one end, deliberation is on another end, and they bleed into each other. So deliberation is going to be extremely important in moral life because it leads to choice, and choice leads to the formation of our characters or their reformation. Special thanks to all of my Patreon supporters for making this podcast possible. You can find me on Twitter at Philosopher70, on YouTube at the Gregory B. Sadler channel, and on Facebook on the Gregory B. Sadler page. Once again, to support my work, go to patreon.com Sadler. Above all, keep studying these great philosophical works.